Welcome in to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. The usual suspects are here. I am Dan Canelo. He is the former world champion, Mr. Chris Algieri. And Chris, we have a big announcement before we get into our topics today. We're throwing a fight night pregame party, baby. Let's go. New York City, June 10th, before the Taylor Tiafimo fight from 4 to 7. We're going to be at Jack Doyle's restaurant and bar, uh, hanging out with the fans. People have called for this, so we delivered. Uh, The first 50 tickets get a free drink. We're going to be doing games, trivia, giveaways, and then we'll all walk over to MSG and watch a really good fight in the 140-pound division. We're going to have a link to the event on on YouTube, and we're going to be blasted out on, on social media. Chris, are you ready to meet the IBL faithful? I'm I'm psyched, man. I'm, this is uh, we've had a really good run past couple months, and we've got a lot of good feedback from people. And like I said, people have been asking for this, so it's also a good way to catch up with all my my New York homies. As I don't get to hang out in New York too much these days. Yes, there will be a Chris Algieri kissing booth. Um, so everyone, get, bring your lip gloss and uh, show up June 10th. And you're probably gonna get a rug burn from this mustache. <laughs> you are looking. Porn starish, I love it. Um, I keep yeah. getting that. Everybody keeps saying that over here at Pro Box. Like, Ooh, what's with the porn stash? I'm like, I don't know. I like it. It works. Yeah. Uh, so June 10th, over at Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar, 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to have a good time before the Taylor Tiafimo fight. We'll have a lot more information uh, in the next couple days and, and when uh, you see this. Uh, so let's get into it, Chris. Uh, Spence Crawford obviously uh, has been announced, and it's been confirmed by both guys now. Uh, Spence and Crawford posted it, so that is it. This fight is happening on July 29th, and I'm starting to think, like, as boxing fans, we're not used to this. We're not used to getting a Haney, Lomachenko, a Tank, Ryan, a Benavidez plant, and now Spence Crawford. Like, we can start dreaming big. Like, we can start thinking bigger. Like, what are some of these other fights? Like, it's almost got to the point where Spence Crawford, all right, give me more. I want more. So what are some of the biggest fights that are still left to be made in boxing outside of Spence Crawford? Well, one that's already been made, we've got we've got Inouye and uh, and Fulton, which is a massive, massive fight, which goes right in line with all those guys that you just mentioned, all those fights that you just mentioned. But coming up at that, I mean, we got to look at the heavyweights. Uh, you know, even though the heavyweights have been a barren wasteland this year, um, other than the the, the Zhang and, and Joyce fight. But oh, man, I want to see I want to see those guys fight. I want to see the Wilder Joshua, which they're talking about happening this year. <laughs> uh, I want to see Fury um, and. Usyk. I mean, that's that's the fight that, you know, I think stylistically it's not my favorite fight to, to be made, but I think it's really important in terms of who is the actual legitimate, the guy at heavyweight. Um, but yeah, I, I, always there's always the heavyweights. And then kind of recycling some of the guys who already fought. Like, I really want to see Shakur and Loma. I think that fight makes a lot of sense. And that's, an, that's an awesome fight to see. And then Haney. Where's Haney going to go next? I mean, I'd love to see him with Tank. Um, I think that fight is probably the best of, of that group of there to be made. That one is probably the least likely to happen, um, if not this year or ever. But, yeah, no, we, we, we still have some good prospects for, for massive fights down the line this year. Yeah, I think Benavidez and Plant, um, Plant has said this. He's tweeted at me, and it's like, I'm the one who started this movement. Like, we, me, and, me and David started it off, and now it was like a domino effect. I do uh, agree that there is a domino effect in the sport. Like, Tank Ryan, um, I think a lot of fighters out there saw the, the – the attention they were getting that week and in the lead up for that. And that kind of maybe helped 
uh, a Spence Crawford get over the finish line. Um, yeah, the heavyweights is where it starts. It's crazy that we've had this amazing six months in the sport and the their heavyweight title has not been defended. None of them. Usyk has three of them and Fury has the other one. Fury is now making front-facing Instagram videos again. Uh, they trigger me. I don't listen to the words he says. Uh, the latest rumor is that he has sent an offer to Joshua for a September fight at Wembley. Uh, Eddie Hearn confirmed it. They got the offer sheet, but they maintain that Joshua is focused on an August tune-up fight, um, maybe against Dillian White, and then a wilder fight in December in, in Saudi Arabia. Fury, in a perfect world, because we've had a perfect year almost, Fury needs to fight Usyk. We need to figure out the undisputed champion. Joshua fight Wilder. Like this, that makes sense. Like that right there in the hierarchy of heavyweights. But you're telling me if somehow uh, Joshua jumps the line and gets to fight Fury because we know that meritocracy doesn't exist in the sport and it's all about money, I'm not going to be upset about it. The main yeah, thing is these heavyweights need to start fighting each other, man. Six months without a heavyweight title being like, what are we doing here? Like it's got to the point where any of them just step in the ring, fight each other because this generation, it's starting to wane a little bit and we're not getting the biggest fights. They happened a few years ago and then there's been a drought. Yeah, I mean, when the heavyweight division is is healthy, boxing is healthy, but it's a good sign that we're talking about all these big fights and like you said, we haven't been dealing with the heavyweights. But now imagine we're getting all these good fights in the lighter weight divisions and then we also have an undisputed heavyweight champion and the top contenders are fighting each other. That, Dan, is our perfect boxing world and and we're, we're this close, man. We, it's we're, crazy, we're like right man. There. We can dream it. Um, you know how bad the end of last year was? We were like, we were like distraught the end of, the end of last year. Broken. I'm a broken man. And, I made a video. Yeah. I'm a broken man in October, and then like we were, our segments were like, let's talk about having sex before a fight. Is should you do it? Should you not? We were like grasping at straws for things to talk about, and that's a big reason I think that uh, we're seeing so much success in on socials and 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 interest in the show is because the biggest fights are being made and fans are happy. Um, some other fights, I would say Canelo Benavidez. I have that yeah. like almost like I have it number one on my, my on my wish list of big fights next. Um, Canelo is probably going to fight Bivol, but you know the, the longer that goes without being made, the doors being open uh, for Benavidez to come in there. Uh, we talked about that at length. Um, Tank Haney, obviously, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what Haney's next move is. That fight looks like it's probably not going to happen at one thirty-five. Uh, who knows? Maybe Tank at one forty one day. Then there's better BF Bivol. Um, we're seeing undisputed in almost in almost every division, at least or or at least unification fights in, in every division. Better be Evan Bivol have been champs for close to five years now, respectively, in their division, and they haven't even gotten close uh, to negotiation or close to the, the finish line. You know, so I think the clock's ticking on those two guys. I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous. You know, better be has to get past Callum Smith. That's I mean, another that's, thing too. It's like that's no easy task. And, right. and honestly, I mean, if if Callum beats Better Bev. He, I mean, he he steps right in line for that fight with Bivol to me. Like, that fight's just as big, you know. Better be is a, is a monster. Do you really think it's bigger than Better be of Bivol? No, I don't think it's bigger. But like, I think he steps right into that that space where it's like, yeah, this is okay. We need a unified champion at light heavyweight. This is this is the fight to be made. It's two very very dangerous guys. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's not quite the same luster because Better Beav is undefeated and he's the perfect KO ratio, best best knockout percentage in in the sport of boxing for, for champions. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so it loses a little luster, but not much. It's still a great fight. Yeah, they have a lot to deal with in terms of making this fight now. Like they had this five year window to make it. 
Now they have to deal with the WBC not sanctioning Russian fighters. Now they have to deal with Better BF. So stupid. Dumb. Now they have to deal with Better BF uh, facing mandatories, dangerous mandatories, like like Callum Smith. But if Callum Smith yeah. beats Better BF, then of course he he, he deserves yeah he deserves the right uh, to fight Bivol. So uh, that's one of them. And then uh, Ryan versus uh, Roly that we're going to talk about in, in just a little bit too. That's on, on my wish list. So they're yeah, like what do you got? Not one? quite a mega fight, but. <laughs> not a mega <laughs> fight, but still like a fun fight that I think. I mean, I posted something about it and it went off. Like you post those two guys are are popular. There's a belt in in the mix of it, which is hilarious. Um, so yeah, those are some to, to wish for. And then of course there's there's some lower weights. There's like the, a featherweight unification. Uh, we saw featherweights this weekend. Whether it's uh, Luis Alberto Lopez uh, versus Lee Wood, what a stud, by the way, Jeez. beast, and Lee Wood too. So they can they can get it on. Uh, One thirty is getting intriguing and heating up. Uh, Jamel Charlo, we want Tim Zhu uh, as long as Charlo is his hand recovers. So. Things are looking good. 135 and 140 are carrying the sport, but there are a lot of other huge fights. Uh, and 147 now with, with Spence and Crawford getting in there. Um, and Ortiz and uh, Staniona soon. That's Yeah, another two. That's a that's a huge, awesome huge thing is that we're going to see movement now underneath Spence Crawford. Like, let's get Boots Ennis going. Uh, the guy has fought three times in, like, the last three years. Um, Virgil Ortiz obviously has health injury, uh, health stuff. Uh, Staniona is ready and, and willing. So, yeah, things are looking good. Uh, there are a lot of big fights that can still be made to make this probably the best year in the history of boxing, which is wild. Uh, topic two, we're moving over to Devin Haney. Um, we have said since his win over Lomachenko that we're gonna that we're gonna see like his movement. We're gonna read the tea leaves on what we think is gonna uh, happen here. Do you dis- agree or disagree? Haney should only stick around 135 for a potential tank fight. If not, move to 140. Probably go to match room. And I think he should fight the winner of Richardson Hitchens versus Montana Love. I like all of that, but I still think there's an option for him for, which is not going to happen, but a rematch with Loma. I think it would be a good idea. I think with all the backlash that he's gotten over, over the victory, the disputed victory and people, you know, calling uh robbery and whatnot. I, I, and I think there'd be a lot of intrigue for the fight. I think that uh, it's a very winnable fight. I think he can, I think he can make it a clear victory this time, but um yeah, I mean, uh, no one's uh, no one, no one on, on Haiti's side is going to want that fight. The guy we already beat him will move forward, but you know, Loma's side is they're they're screaming from the rafters, and there's, there's a lot of people out there that you know that think that that Loma won that fight. So if he wanted to quiet, you know, the the dissenters the way the Floyd Mayweather always did, then that would be a move. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Tank is probably is definitely the most lucrative mm-hmm. and the most enticing for the fans. Um, but I don't see that one fight happening, and not now, and and not at one thirty five. And then I just don't see Haney staying at 35. I don't think I, I think that they are struggling to make 35 and and 40 is where they want to go. And honestly, I think he's got an easier route at 140 than he does at 135. The, the guys at 35, Loma's not not a guarantee. Tank he probably loses to. Uh, Shakur he probably loses to. You know, so uh, yeah, the, the 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 young studs and and the old the old warhorse that's that's still there at 35 are very dangerous. Where at 40, I think he can beat a lot of those top guys. Not everybody, but probably most of them. Yeah. Um, a lot has, has happened in the last couple of days. Like the WBC has ruled that Lomachenko is now the mandatory. So therefore, um, he, he leapfrogged uh, Shakur. So now Haney, Haney uh, if Haney vacates and goes up, Shakur versus Loma will be for the vacant WBC strap. So that's kind of cool if that we get that's awesome. at that's that awesome. out of that. Um, 
I saw a little bit of flirting between Tank's camp and Haney's camp at 135. Coach Calvin Ford, trainer of Javante Davis, uh, says, we're ready, we're ready. Um, Haney says, well, I haven't heard from Al. I'm waiting for a call. Um, Haney did reach out to Eddie Hearn to make a pro-grade fight. That's what I think the move is. I, I think the move is 140. He can move up, finally. He can... Uh, take a fight against a Hitchens um, versus Love winner, which is still a tough fight, but it's a good introduction to 140. And then get a pro grade next year, figure out what goes on at 140, what happens with Ryan and Roley in all those names. I can see that being the move. Will he be called a duck because he's not facing Tank at 135? Probably. Is it deserved? Probably not. Because you take a look at Haney. 30 fights at lightweight, Chris. Seven defenses of the WBC title. Uh, I think he has one of the better resumes at lightweight. And then you take a look at his contemporaries. They're all onto their second or third divisions, like Tifimo Lopez, 140. Ryan Garcia, 140. Uh, Tank's obviously smaller. Uh, Shakur has moved up from 130. I know he's not a 135 guy, but, I mean, this guy has stayed at 135 and he's given you the fights that you want to see in Haney. So, you know, a move to 140, I don't want to hear that he's ducking Tank. He's just doing what he's got to do for his career. Yeah, agreed. I, I I don't I don't think that there's there's a duck involved. I mean, he like you said, he he did enough work at, at 35. He just beat Loma. He's going to go up. Um, and yeah, 140. It's a it's a whole new division now. He's got a he's got another place to 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 root in and 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 fight the top guys. The pro grade fight makes a lot of sense. Um, I think Hitchinson is going to beat Love. I I don't I unless something wild happens and 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 Love catches him, whatever. I think Hitchinson should should handle Love relatively easily uh but that's not a tough fight for for haney first century into 140 fighting fighting a guy like hitchens who's uh hitchinson who's a who's a good jab who's long who's big for the weight too so it's, it's almost like a mirror match in, in terms of the way that you know that they, they like to fight so that's that's a tough fight and then the winner goes to program so i think there's a good there's a good stepwise position for these guys to move yeah saturday july 15th on the zone will be richardson hitchens versus montana love a fight that i I'll like be, hitchens. i'll be there yeah you'll be there huh are you and you're also doing the, the detroit this weekend doing detroit this weekend for, for clarissa shields um then i'm doing new orleans for the pro grade return wow busy yeah so we're busy we're busy we're getting Plus, uh, a lot of work i mean boxing is busy so so are we yeah absolutely uh so that's what's going on at 140 it's uh 135 140 uh probably the biggest things biggest storylines in the sport right now there is more going on at 140 though ryan garcia and roly romero uh ryan tweeted over the weekend um this one's for you baroso I guess I'll go fight Roley, <laughs> which I thought was a hilarious tweet. Um, Roley was at the Golden Boy event, the Rocha fight. He took a picture with Oscar. I mean, it seemed like, wow, this is really going to happen. You know, things are starting to make sense here. Maybe that deal Ryan made with, with PBC and Tank Fight called for like a second fight after it. Um, maybe we're seeing this the, the ridiculousness that happened with the end of that Barroso fight. It's like, all right, let's stop the fight so we can get Roley and Ryan. It started to look like this was like a match made in heaven, and this fight was definitely going to happen. Uh, maybe at end of the year, Roley versus Ryan for the 140 belt. And then the WBA is like, no, 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 no. We need to get our mitts into this. We need our sanctioning fees. O'Hara Davies. You need to fight Roley Romero next. You have 30 days to make this fight. So now a Ryan Roley fight seems like it's been put on ice. There are things that you can't even step around it. Like a step around fee from what I was reading can't happen because Roley wasn't the mandatory. He was stepping in because Puelo popped for PEDs. 
it's just like such a boxing thing now when you really peel this back. Uh, so O'Hara Davies, who has only lost O'Hara Davies, excuse me, who's only lost to Catterall and Josh Taylor. He's won seven in a row. Probably gonna fight Roley unless Roley vacates and then fights Ryan, and then we can just be like belts don't matter again. Why wouldn't Catterall get that shot? Because Catterall is aligned with the WBC, I think. <laughs> so, but but that, that's the, that's the point. That's why that's why boxing fans look at this and look at boxing as being ridiculous. The rankings are, are stupid Very because dumb. it's not the best guy. Like no, you said, meritocracy is is, is dead. Um, it's who's okay, paying what? It's it's who's paying what organization? Essentially, because you take a look at if you put them all next to each other, WBC rankings, WBO, IBF, it's there's 30 different names. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. The number one in the WBC is like the number 10 in the IBF. Well, they're hedging their bet. They're making sure that they're going to get their sanctioning fees from different people. So <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, what do you think he's going to do? Like uh, he really can sit out. He could vacate. Or he can fight Davies. What would it Chris Algieri if he wants do? To, if he wants to try and keep that belt and defend it against Davies, which I think he'll probably lose to Davies, I don't think he can beat anybody <laughs> at 40, honestly, from what we saw from the Barroso fight. Um, Poor Barroso. Uh, Barroso, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, he, he's probably going to wait it out for Ryan and get the money. So that would be the smartest. How do you wait it out? I mean, you've got to vacate then. Yeah. He's a 30-day window to make the fight or you you vacate the belt. So the belt that he's he didn't already, even he's win. He's already been world champion. His only chance to make big money is Ryan. Yeah, I agree. He's not going to be a long-standing champion who's going to defend his belt a bunch of times and, and unify. Uh, he's He might as well vacate and just go wait for Ryan. Because then he loses the Davies, then what? He doesn't. He doesn't get the – he won't get – he loses his belt anyway. Yeah. He's not going to get the Ryan Garcia fight. He's going to be fodder for other other champions in the division. Not gonna make any money as, either against Davies. Yeah, he's not gonna exactly. He's not making any money against Davies, and he's not gonna make money in the returns either, because he's gonna be he's damaged goods at that point at one forty. Yeah, I mean uh, Ryan has kind of proved like belts really don't really matter to him. Uh, he got a tank fight; it was no belt on the line, and it was the biggest fight of the year. It's gonna, I think, it's gonna do even bigger business. Like Spence Carver's not gonna come close and to the it. And the Ryan Romero fight doesn't; the belt doesn't matter for that fight. They're it both do, lightning yeah. rods, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Everyone's gonna tune in, and, and it, it's there. There are two personalities fighting at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Ryan's actually really good, so it's 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 a personality fight at that you know at that stage. So it doesn't really matter. I, I just thought that was a way for Ryan to be world champion was he he would get that fight, but. That's been taken away now by by the WBA. We'll see. Uh, there was a lot of different options. Um, Rowley has Mayweather promotions in his corner. They know what they're doing. Um, sure do. And especially in the, in these scenarios, I, I want to see that fight happen in December or November. Uh, Ryan and Rowley, if there's a belt on the line, cool. If there's not, whatever. Uh, yeah, like you said, like it, it won't matter. I don't think either. Well, Ryan, I think could maybe put up a better defense of the 140 title than than Roley. Um certainly way more deserving Ryan than Roley. I'd rather I'd rather see Ryan be a, a titleist than than Roley. Definitely. Um I think Ryan would benefit from one fight at 140 with Derek James. Um not saying I, I would like Garcia would be big favorite over Roley, but one fight at 140 with James against the uh, you know find a, a guy that's going to stand in front of him uh will be a good thing. Um, last topic, we're staying at 140. Um, it's Teofimo Lopez once again putting his foot in his mouth. What is going on with Tio? Um, says he wants to take Josh Taylor's life. Um, okay. We've heard this talk from fighters before. 
Uh, most notably, Deontay Wilder said it. I think it was before the Brazil fight or the Stavern fight, and he got absolutely roasted. Like, it made mainstream news. Um, it became like a negative headline for boxing. What are we doing here? I hate this talk. I think it's unnecessary. I understand, like, it is a kill-or-be-killed type of sport, as Tio said. You know, guys have passed away in the ring or afterwards. It's I just don't understand why he needs to go there with this type of rhetoric. Rhetoric. This tact this tactic never works. It's never positive. It's never good. Um, and listen, I I know Tiafimo lately has been taking a page out of Rolly's book. He, maybe he's seeing all the all the 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 the, the moves that Rome- that Rolly's is making just by talking his way into positions. But Tio's actually good and has a, has you know has a former undisputed champion, like super super talented. He doesn't need to do this. He doesn't need to 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 be that guy who who needs to be brash and talk his way into it, even though he's always been brash. This is just too much. It's it's above and beyond. Yeah, he says a lot of crazy things. I, I I like a lot of the things he said. I think it's funny, but this is not funny. This is this is no laughing matter. It's something that's really serious in the sport and something that we has plagued the sport for the last couple of years, especially recently. So uh, yeah, I, I I I like I'm like you. I I hate this talk. Yeah, he's an entertainer. There are things I like for him. There are things I don't like for him. Saying top rank uh, doesn't care about Filipino. Oh, excuse me, uh, Hispanic fighters. Uh, the only promoting black fighters proved to be a silly comment. You know, even Shakur was, was, was laughing at that, um, saying that, you know, I brought top, Bud Light to top rank. Like, it's just a silly comment that, you know, it just shows that his, like, his mindset is not in the right place. Um, I, I'm just trying to figure out how you go from in the ring saying, do I still have it after the um, Sandor Martin win to I want to kill a man. Like, <laughs> like those are two different mindsets. Um, it, it's, it's crazy, but I went and looked at the quotes, like, just to show like how he kind of talks in circles a lot to you, female. This is a kill or be killed sport, he said. He told Punch, Punch Drunk Boxing. Uh, I mean, someone just passed away on May 6th. The kid was 22 years old. Just passed away. That's Kenneth Igano. Um, then in the next breath says, I want to kill Josh Taylor. After mentioning the kid's name and saying that it's a brutal sport, God bless the, the kid who passed away. What does that mean? Tiafimo says, people tell me, let's get back to boxing. But that is boxing. This is what we signed up for. You're probably going to lose your life. What does that mean? I'm going to die in the ring. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I'm, it, it, they, fighters need that type of mentality going there, but I, I just think it's not the right words. Like, you don't need that. We're having such a good year. Like, there's always some fighter that unfortunately does pass away, and then you're kind of reminded. It kind of is like a wake-up call for everyone how, about how dangerous this sport is. So don't go ahead and start talking like you want to take someone's life in the ring. It's one thing to say it's kill or be killed or it's dog eat dog. It's another thing to be like, I'm going to kill a man in the ring and you got a fight coming up. I I, I just, that's, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Josh Taylor, I'm taking that as a verbal assault that, oh, you're trying to kill me. Well, we're, we're, we're literally about to fight. So that's, that's the beautiful thing about boxing. <laughs> it's like all the trash talk is so funny to me. It's like, you get to punch this guy in the face later. Why, why, why do you have to say all this stuff? Yeah, especially when they fight in the press conference. Like, yeah, I know you're excited, but like, I get to punch you in the face for money later. Like we don't, we don't need to argue anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, if 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 I'm Taylor, I would be really, uh, I'd be pissed about about this these kind of comments. And I think I think the world's gonna be pissed at it. So it's crazy, man. Um, these are yeah, it's just it's, it's unnecessary, very unnecessary. I like Josh Taylor. He he kind of grew into a little bit of a pariah himself. Like he's very opinionated guy. Number one, uh, many people thought he lost the Catterall, and they didn't like the way he handled the uh the afterwards not giving Catterall the rematch. But I think. 
this isn't me, but I'm looking at fans' reactions. It's like I feel like Taylor now is the is like the fan favorite in this fight because people are just kind of upset with Tiafimo's behavior, which is nuts. So in, in a way, he should be pissed, Josh Taylor, but also be like, hey, thanks, Tiafimo, because you're you're making me look great. Well, he 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 took the heel position. Tio is now the heel, and he is falling into that role nicely. And 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 Taylor, who was probably the heel versus like Ramirez, and um, but now has just sat back and is benefiting off of of Tio's wild outbursts. <laughs> so he's like, all right, cool. You're gonna you're gonna take this role. I'll I'll, I'll stay here and I'll, I'll be the favorite. Yeah, uh, actual fight. I'm really looking forward to this fight or having our pre-fight party beforehand uh, to get into the ring stuff. Like a lot of this talk from Tiafimo is like kind of like deterring away from the fact that now he's in his third fight at, at in ten months, uh, third fight at 140. Um, he fought uh, his last fight, Sander Martin or uh, Martin, who a lot of fighters would avoid. Uh, whether you thought I thought he won just barely, but he did win. Uh, so now he's in a good rhythm. He's at 140. He's grown into the into the weight. Yeah, he's definitely more active than Josh Taylor. I mean, he hasn't fought in 16 months. So, like, yeah, we're, we're focusing on a lot of the things Tiofimo says. But, you know, he's putting together a pretty good resume at 135 and now 140. It's interesting, this fight, because you got a guy coming off a huge layoff in, in Taylor who's not had the greatest performances and versus a guy in Tiofimo who we still don't know exactly what he is, but he's got a little more consistency on his side. Yeah, um... In terms of growing into the weight class, I don't see that. I still think he looks really small for 140. I've seen him on on you know his 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 posts on 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 social media and working out, and like he's just not a 40 pounder. And Taylor's a big 40 pounder. He's gonna have to cut you know to get there. And um, yeah, it's an interesting fight. It's a very interesting matchup. Taylor, I was very high on Taylor a couple of years ago. You know, I had to say a couple of years ago because he's been so inactive. Yeah, 2019, but, uh, right? Yeah, but he, he I mean he's a hard out for anybody. He's big, he's tall, he's long, he's a southpaw, he's powerful, he's physically strong. Um, you know, he, he was physically backing up Progre, who's a strong guy at the weight class too. So that size and strength is definitely going to be something that Tia is going to have to deal with. But like you said, the fact that he's been so active in, in recent year, Tio's a rhythm fighter, man. When he finds that rhythm, he is a really dangerous guy. When he gets that head movement going and firing those shots from all those positions, uh, he is, it's, it's a thing of beauty. If he can find that and keep that rhythm and stay a step ahead of Taylor, Taylor's going to have a long night. But if Tio comes into this fight against a Taylor of old, a guy who has looked like he's looked in the past, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's really hard for me to see a path of victory if, if, if Taylor is, is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, there's so many variables in this fight. I can't wait for it. Uh, it's June 10th. Uh, beforehand, you're going to want to come over to Jack Doyle's restaurant and bar uh, to hang out with us. You can take a body shot from Chris Algeria. You can meet Ronnie, the super producer. Uh, referee Kevin from the John Boy Media Combine will be there in full uniform. Uh, it's going to be... Regalia? I didn't confirm that, but if I asked him, I think he'll do it. Uh, that's just the type of guy he, he's ride or die. Uh, fight night pregame party. Uh, check our social media uh, and check the link in the description. Uh, we're going to have a great night on June 10th, and we're going to go over to MSG and watch an awesome uh, title fight. Great show, Chris. Enjoy your travels. Um, do you, any last words for the fans? No, man. Just just be happy where we're at. Boxing has been in way worse places than it is. We're, we're, we're on a good, we're making a good run and uh, we still got more than half a year to go. So boxing, 
alive and well. Alive and well. Keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Go buy tickets to our event. Good night. Good night.